Hello everyone, it's been a while since we've done a How to Stay Married so far. If you notice, my voice goes deeper as soon as we start yes, talking. Sure, no. And, and we, we, were, we sat down to do this and then I remembered, I was like, oh shit, we're in vision for this. Yeah. Because so I was apologize. quite confused with our other podcast, Confessions of a Woman Parent. So first of all, I'm going to apologise that my hair's wet, I've still got mascara around my eyes and I look like a bag of pee bum. <laughs> yeah, I, feel really, I feel pretty rough actually. Really rough. I have this really sort of sad <laughs> achievement often of looking so hungover when I'm not hungover. Terrible. So yeah, so we're talking about for those who are listening, but for those of you who are watching. Uh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, we're going to be doing, which seems appropriate given how shabby we feel. Um, being fifty or over fifty or in your case, mid-50s, mid to late-50s. Yeah. yeah, we both had a... Mid-life crisis. We both had a big birthday in a different way. Mark hit 50 this week, and I hit 50. Oh, my God, can I just say, I've got the most disgusting cup of tea. It's disgusting. It tastes disgusting. And that's... It, it, it almost distresses I'll tell you what, me. Mate, you ain't bloody tea. Well, it distresses yet. me that I go to such lengths to get it right for Mark. you, and you just pop, pop a load of old rubbish in there. Mark. It's not sweet. It's not milky, it's horrible. Because you're not having dairy right. and you're not I'm having not, I've got to say sweeters. that, because I think it demonstrates... It's honey and la- almond milk. It's hideous. Actually, do you know what? I put a lot of love into that, no, but didn't. I did it... <laughs> love did not Mark, go into that brew. Mark, Mark. No, it didn't. Mark, Mark, I know Straw that all the dairy, sandals. the dairy and the sweetness of which you have five in every cup of tea are killing it's you. only... Yeah, I so do you it. want the sweeteners? Do you want uh, five no, sweeteners? No, I just won't have that tea. It's right, just, okay. That so when you say it's not made out of love, I put manuka honey in it and almond milk. So right? that tea's probably cost so about I was, 35 pounds. I was pounds. actually thinking about your health and about keeping your life, especially now you're 50. <laughs> Sorry, it was just such so a shock when not, you're looking forward to a cup yeah, of tea and it was not, like... There's not many people that would go to the chopper to do that for their partner. So actually it was totally with love, not without love. Thank you. It's really, it's like but drinking. I'm going to drink it because it's better for me and because I want to be healthy in my 50s. It's like drinking hot water that's had my sports socks drenched in it. <laughs> well, actually, this is a really good thing, a way of, of coming into you being 50 this year because you have actually been doing a bit of a fast for the last couple of days. Before anyone puts underneath here, you shouldn't be fasting, fasting is bad for you, da 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 we're doing a bit of a food map with Mark because he's got lots of allergies and he's been really feeling shit, mm. haven't you? Mm. I mean, let's face it, you are you are you are a workaholic, so nothing stops you working, that's for sure. But I can see that you're just feeling under the weather all the time. You've had a really bad tummy. For yeah, a long time. and you're. I noticed because I know you really, really well. Like when babe, you babe, have, can I just say? Can I just say, we're running dangerously close to that habit that I find old people do, which is just talking about no, no, their health. No, no, no. So hang on. So, so, you know, things like the dairy and the wheat and all of that, we know it makes a big difference. And I think part of coming into your 50s, you're, you're, you've just come into your 50s, and I'm moving towards my 70s. 70s <laughs> Jesus Christ. 60s this week. Mm. This sort of stuff, I think, is what, you know, thinking about our longevity and what are the things that make us tired and what are the things that give us all this stuff just this stuff about trying to feel good Mm. 
can take over. Now, I know that's a lot worse because I'm postmenopausal, and so everything you feel, everything you feel it a million times bloody worse. But, um, yeah, you will find that more and more with each year you're thinking about how to live longer and how to stay healthier. Well, I've noticed I've got bags under my bags There you today. go. I mean, that's, that's a first. I didn't have those in my 40s. Bags yeah. under my bags. Yeah. So I've I got think... bags for life, and now I've got bags for death. <laughs> but I think more than any other podcast that we've done on this, this is the time to talk about this, this sort of so stuff. So what are we talking about? Are we talking about our age? Are we talking about a midlife? I mean, for me, when I hear the phrase midlife crisis... Well, one comes, they, they hold hands, yeah. don't But they? when I hear the phrase midlife crisis, I very much think of women who do a Shirley Valentine and men who buy cars and right. run off with so young women. very stereotypes. Yeah, no, very stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, but there are stereotypes for a reason. I find stereotypes fascinating or archetypes fascinating mm. because they usually come from they some come kind from of truth. Place, yeah. yeah. And they come from, you know, and it's interesting that one of the archetypes, like, hey, yeah, in Shirley Valentine, she meets Tom Conti, doesn't she, and, and, and what have you. But actually, what drives her is a desire to be on her own more than to actually be with another bloke. Yeah, And I think that, I think I have many, many times. Start it again. Okay. Uh, it's very annoying, though, for sound. <laughs> it helps. It um, gets the honey yeah, up. It kicks up the sock odour. That's um, the honey. It's not, it's sock. Um... <laughs> And for men, it can fall. It's funny, for example, uh, Maddie was saying the other day, <laughs> I can't remember who she was saying it to, someone in the family, because we're in bloody lockdown. But she was saying something along the lines of, yeah, you've got to watch out. As soon as men over a certain age get, like, abs, there's usually someone they're trying to oh, impress. Oh, yeah, she was, wasn't she? She was saying that. Yeah, and of course, time. I've been working really hard. And the last thing I would say I can see is abs. I can probably see an ab, which is the first, <laughs> but I'm not certainly not seeing abs. And yet I know what she means because I have quite a male connection between feeling fit, looking fit, getting well mm. and becoming hopefully more attractive. Now, I'm not interested in becoming more attractive to young women or other women or anyone like that. Um, but I am interested in trying to keep you attractive. And it, for me, the midlife crisis revolves around the proof or the confirmation of whether I'm achieving that or not. Now, the problem creeps in, in that you don't value things on such a superficial level. <laughs> so there's a constant disconnect there. And so that disconnect for me makes me feel like I'm experiencing what to many people would be a sort of conventional midlife crisis. I'm not going to talk about, you know, but, um, you know, that intimacy, that sort of carefree, that sort of ability to be driven by younger motivations of attraction and da 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 have pumped up and, and kind of come to the fore in me. And there's little room, I mean, obviously you say I look nice and I know you think I look nice and I, I don't have any, any issues with that. But I do feel like I, have a, I am going through a midlife crisis of not knowing what to expect of myself or for myself physically anymore because I'm not interested in meeting someone else. I'm not interested in looking attractive to other people, though I want to look nice. Uh, I'm not interested in knowing whether someone else fancies that. doesn't give me the thrill. I'm not sort of into chasing... Do you know what I mean? There are lots of men that could get to major thing. Oh, yeah, this is great. Mm. I know I can be quite entertaining. I know I can be quite attractive to people and all those kind of things. But I only want to be attractive to you. And it's not that I'm not. But as I just said there's a profound disconnect between what you value at your point in your life, which is about your life, not about what you find attractive, um, 
and also the fact you know so there's there's two things here one that i'm six years younger than you but two i'm also hitting an age now where there's i'm i'm in a situation where there's an ever diminishing set of returns so I'm, i i can get as fit as i can and try and look as good as i can but it ain't going to keep getting better it's just going to get older that's not necessarily worse but i do why i am worried about how i'm going to look how attractive you're going to find me what levels of Joe Wicks I'm going to have to go to to maintain just this current state that doesn't sometimes, I feel, elicit much interest for whatever reasons it doesn't. And that saddens me. My, my, well, it's no, so that's just the midlife. Because, because for me, it's when I see you, like, driving yourself into the ground to do these incredibly difficult workouts... I just see unwellness. I don't see wellness. Right. So you'd be happier with a with a larger no, no, type man. No, I, I, Who's I, happy. I, I would prefer you to be kinder to yourself. That's what I would prefer, because I just I see it as brutal. You get up and it's like a brutal thing. Like you were in a really good place at one point where you were kind of running and it was really good. Then you got a Garmin. And then it became like driving and like, well, what are you doing? About when I was then, 40, no, but I mean, you just, it's balance. I suppose what I look forward to, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because you're sitting where you are at your age and you're worrying about what you're not going to be at your age. And I'm looking forward to what you could possibly be moving into mm. this new age. So it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I never mm. at once think, Oh my God, is Mark looking old? That's is Mark the washing old? machine, by the That's way, the in the background. Um, shut that door. Is, is, this, is, this, is Mark being old? Is Mark, you know, it, I, I don't think in those terms. I think of, I have hope that you will settle more in yourself. Because you've said it yourself. You start to look better. I'm just going to close the door. Yeah, I kind of understand what you're saying. I'm just going to feel for time while she goes across the room. She's going across the room and she's shutting the door because it sounds like a cat is in a dryer. Um, It's like you said before, you start to look better, you lose weight, you get more muscular, and then you start thinking, oh, what's my face like? Does my face look really old? So for me, it's not like... When you do oh, yeah, these things to improve, yeah, but when you do these things to improve, it's like every single day you come down those stairs and I say, wow, you look amazing. You look so trim. You, look, you, you don't hear it. So to me, these things that you do with yourself physically, to me are meaningless because they don't serve your soul. Your soul is still agitated. Well, yeah, no, but that's You're my point. You're no, still no, unhappy with yourself. Yeah. But and what I want more than anything is just for you to like yourself. No, no, I agree. But I think what the, but going back to this midlife crisis, I'm not saying what I'm doing is right. And I'm not saying what you're saying is, isn't wrong. I'm not, it's not about right or wrong. Or, no, I, or, I don't or, think you're wrong. What I'm saying is, is that the component of getting fit and looking better, parked to one side the fact that I'm never satisfied. But I, I, I can't think of a woman who's satisfied with that. Look, you're never satisfied. So it's not just me who's never satisfied well, with what I, I do. Well, five times where I go, this is who I am. Yes, I'd love to look like Angelina Jolie. Yeah, you're blessed. But I don't. Yeah. No, but no, I'm not blessed. I've worked yeah. fucking hard yeah, and I work to hard get to, to try that. and get to that. And I just I've can't. worked so... But do you work hard? I mean, or do you go before with we go it? down but this is a, this is, but I think this is another this is another subject of, of self-esteem and all that kind of stuff. What I'm talking about is is the component of getting fit, looking nice, 
um, making the effort, all that kind of stuff, and the short-term returns on that, and I don't mean that in a cynical fashion, of being younger. We're not young, carefree people anymore. We're not, there's none of that, yes, you say you look nice, and I'll see you, and I'll say, you look nice, but we both do it now in that way, and I think this is part of the midlife crisis. We do it in a way that's as functional as making a cup of tea and as, as, as going around the house. It mean, it's nicely said, it's nicely meant, it's meant, but it's very, it's very sort of just cursory. And I'm, this isn't me expressing a disappointment. This is a fact of life for people oh, over. So no, no, no. But this is a fact. Even of life that for... you're dissatisfied with, no, no, and no. it's cursory, and it's like nothing. No, no, no. no but between both of us, because oh between God. no, between both of us about each other, you feel the same. Even with a me. compliment isn't good yeah, enough. Compliment. No, but you are a fucking nightmare, Mark. I'm not it's saying... like nothing. No, but is you're good not. Enough. You're not listening to what I'm saying. What I'm saying. I'm trying to be really honest, actually. Which I is know. Whole point I know. You're being really honest. In being really honest. What I'm saying is, is that the midlife crisis is that we are 50-something. We're not 30-something or 20-something. And what happens in the midlife crisis is, as a person and as a human, we, are, we talk a lot about being grown-up children as parents. We're adult children trying to parent. We're adult children making sense of a ludicrous world. And it's very hard that we can be in touch with the child within, in some regards, and then in other regards, we just aren't. And I think, you know, relationships is very hard. And I think we do a very good job of it, actually, and I'm being complimentary to us. We do a very good job of keeping ourselves childlike. I look to your parents often for great inspiration on how to stay childlike. I know they have their fallings out and they can snap and be scratchy with each other. Who wouldn't after so many years? But they can also have great fun together and they can laugh together and they have great times together. And I look to them as a model. Really, I look to them as a model for how I hope we'll be in that older, older age. Um, but we are asking the question, are we in a mid I do feel like I'm going through something of a midlife crisis. I mean, there are so many different categories for it. There's physicality, there's sex, there's attract attract attraction. You know, all of those things are on a downward turn or on a sparser move because we're getting older, because appetites change, because the intensity shifts. And then there are other things like, you know, for example, you know, we've talked about in the, you know, I'm talking, I'm thinking quite seriously about the ways in which what we've done in our careers are meaningful or not. Yes, making programs and interviewing people and doing all that sort of stuff is key. But I find that like the mental health contingent of what we're doing here has become something far more meaningful and something that I'm thinking at my midlife now, I want to turn that into something that I can make of use and put to use in the world as a therapist, as a, as a counsellor, as a group therapist to help in rehab. You know, I'm thinking, and all these thoughts that are coming to me are like, you know, to some people going, I want to buy a Lamborghini and I want to drive off and I want to do that. that, that that's my equivalent. I'm thinking, I want to shift things. I want to change things. Hmm. How can Which I change things? You know, Which is and, healthy. Yeah, I mean, I, the discontent that you're talking about can go one way or the other, or no, multiple different ways. Why do we have to be so binary all the time? But it, it, it can manifest itself in, in lots of either negative or positive ways. I mean, <clears throat> using the Shirley Valentine. So, I mean, I've talked about, I mean, where are you Using at? the Shirley Valentine yeah. um, example, I thought it was brilliant what Shirley Valentine did. You know, she had done, she had had her life, she had spent her life looking after everybody, and she felt the unrest and she felt the discontent. And like, like you say, lots of people will go off and have an affair, causing carnage all around them. Mm. Um, and See, the I'm... negative ways are the quick fixes. 
Right. It's a quick fix. Right, I'm flying off to Greece. Right, I'm going to have this fair. Right, because actually it's the discontent and that comes in. It is different with a menopause as well because this huge shift that's going on in you is also chemical as well. So it's very, very frightening when you go into menopause because you do, and more and more and more, as more and more now I'm mm. understanding about oestrogen and about what happens. And, and I really did... I have lost myself. And in fact, I was listening to a podcast yesterday about um, menopause. It was um, Davina McCall talking about it. And she actually articulated a lot of what I I have been feeling. And it's... So going back to us and where we started with this and our health and how we're looking after your health, a lot of where I feel I've lost something is because of this tiredness that comes in. I'm realising more and more now that's actually down to my oestrogen depletion mm. and I couldn't, I mean, I've been feeling like this the way that I have for so long. Um, and then all the hypochondria that comes in, that has come in for me since I've gone into my 50s, the fear, the realisation that we are not immortal, which we do kind of like flirt with the whole time mm. when we're younger, don't mm. we? There really is. Or if I die, it's going to be fine. Carefree. And your responsibilities increase mm. and your children that you thought would need you less when you were a younger parent, actually need you more. And I'm looking ahead to decades more of being there for them 100% in whatever way they need. So there is, that scares me sometimes. I think, where do, where do we get to? Because like us, when we go away and we have a few days away, we have such fun. We go become completely childlike. We only have to go up to town for an afternoon and we're totally ridiculous and we put that key in the door and we come in and we have to behave in a respect fairly responsible way and I think the hardest thing in a way for me being in middle aged is about still being I suppose because we're older parents very still in that very responsible stage with your children you know so there is less and less carefree time if anything well, because also, you're just constantly well also the decisions for homeschool it's not like we've all taken the decisions a that we've made the fact that we're in a pandemic you know the terror of our you know we we talk about our mental health a lot and we're very aware of what mental health what it takes to look after our mental health and so i find sometimes i personally sometimes i get i just get exhaustion with the with the mountain to climb. And some, so so talking within a relationship, sorry, I didn't get much, much sleep last night, so I'm a bit stilted. Talking about that in regards to our relationship and when you talk about what you're doing with your Joe Wicks and everything. And we've had this it's conversation. It's very superficial compared quite, to all of this stuff. We've right? had quite, we've had quite, no, but it's not. I, think I mean, I'm not a, sitting here saying I wish we had a more, I mean, you know, no, of course I want more intimacy, I'm, but I recognise why No, but as much as I'm trying with my diet and my mm. vitamins, and I am not say diet, lose weight, but what I eat and my vitamins, we're both doing something kind of similar, mm. but in a different way, mm. which is like panicking about getting older and wanting to stay alive and stay healthy and stay great for our partner and all these things. And actually, I would suggest that what both of us would like of the other is just to settle a bit more and take some, I don't mean settle down, but not be so frantic, not be so anxious. Mm. I mean, nothing would make me happier. Nothing in the world would make me happier than you to come down one day and just say, I feel really great today and I feel okay with the world. Mm. I did that, yesterday. 
it, I know, and it was lovely, and I was like, and I was reeling, but that to me, reeling. If you, <laughs> you did, but, but I was reeling. Mm. But if you offer me that in a man, or you offer me nine abs, or however many you're supposed to have, there's no comparison. So I'm p pursuing a fool's gold. What are you pursuing? Well, attract attraction. But but the attraction it. But there's a there's there's such discontent in what you're doing, and well, there's no, such self-loathing. And you go, "Tell me what I'm doing. Made something," and I'm like, "Okay." Well, no, um, only in the way that sometimes you say to me, "Oh, please, please make me do the workout, Mark. Tell mm -hmm. me it's worthwhile." Well, no, that's to characterise. No, no, I mean I'm being a bit silly. Maniac at the no, end no, I'm being a bit silly with you there, but. But you know what? I think you know what I'm. You know that everything I'm saying yes, I do here know what you're saying. is. Yeah, is but we're also talking minute, about. Let me just finish. You know, don't make this a scratchy thing because it's not a scratchy thing. I really, thing. really admire your tenacity, your willpower, your absolute commitment to what you do, and I'm in awe of it. The way that you get up when you're exhausted and you do that workout, and I think it's extraordinary. Yeah, and I couldn't do it, but, but. I think there is a point where stuff can tip over for you, and I've known you a long time, mm. and it tips over, and it, you'll notice that over weeks and weeks, if you think about it, I've been saying to you, how about doing Joe Wicks like three, three or four times and doing a runaway? Because I notice what makes a difference for you for your mm. mental health, and stuff with you will tend to fall into a punishment and away from you actually being no, no, nourished. No, 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 but I mean, the, the long and the short of it is what you're saying in a, in a sort of much bigger way here is, is the thing that we've discussed many times, which is you wish I looked after my sort of mental welfare more than I just looked after the physical. Yeah. And I think the physical and the mental in someone who struggles genuinely with a, with a quite a high level of dysmorphia, the two things are inextricably entwined. They are inseparable. Self-identity, self-esteem, mm presence within the world a sense of being seen in the world in a way that you want to be seen is all tied up with your mentals and yeah absolutely I mean, you know, last the mental week component did, last the, week when you did yoga i was just so over the moon mm. now you spent most of the day upset it was so because, distressing i don't yeah but i'm now in a situation where the thought of doing it today is a real turn-off because i don't want mm. to access that level of emotion perfect perfect example because you will do five days a week of driving yourself into the ground with Joe Weeks because that's a physical thing. But the mental stuff, like, yeah, it was a difficult day for you and it won't happen this week. It doesn't happen like that every time with yoga, unfortunately. But this, that is you running away from those feelings and so you are like this so much of the time because you're hanging on because you're somebody that, that you know, I mean, it's a fact. This isn't yeah. me having a go at you that suffers with depression and anxiety. You that I find in my mid fifties, I do find that really upsetting to live with somebody that I love that always feels so sad. It's hard. It's hard, and I lose myself and my identity sometimes within that because I don't know where I'm fixing and where mm. I'm not fixing. So you taking care of your mental health that day and going off and feeling very emotional and taking that time was a very powerful thing for me because that is not what you do. You look at the exterior, you you know, intellectually you look after yourself, yeah. you read, you're engaged in the world, you're phenomenally, phenomenally um, athletic in, 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 with your intellect and with your physical, but with your spiritual, your spiritual is completely ignored. You, don't, you won't sit and take five breaths 
by you, you won't sometimes I'll say just stand out there for a minute. You're not even a minute and you won't do it. But going back to the whole concept of a midlife crisis that's yeah. potentially identifiable and understandable to people who aren't in our strange, screwed up, mentalistic, and I mean all of this in a self. I think self, everyone is. Yeah, yeah, everyone has their own particular shit. But, you know, a lot of people are in relationships where they can't talk about this shit or mm. won't talk about this shit or don't know mm. how to talk about this shit. Mm. There's always this, I don't know, I hate this sort of judgment that people don't because they can't, you know, some people just don't have don't the have language and don't know how to start it. It's really difficult. Mm. I was just sitting here earlier and I was thinking if, say, for example, as is the case with the vast majority of people in our age group, in our demographic, more women, interestingly, than men, or as many women as men, and you add the alcohol component to mm. this, which is a very normal social, let's forget talking about alcoholism. Yet, Yeah, right, I'm an alcoholic, fine, whatever. But let's just talk about alcohol as a normal part of the fabric of everyday of life. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Bring alcohol into that. Mm. And I think that is where the itch, the confusion, the dissatisfaction, mm. the, as, you, really as you really aptly put it earlier, the desire for a quick fix to what seems like, which is a fundamental life problem, which isn't going to go mm. away, which is, you know, mortality. Am I with this person? Oh, my God, I'm still going to be a parent until the day I die. I mean, my nan at 93 was worrying about her children. Um, all of those things. If you turn to alcohol, which I think is what happens to the vast majority of people in relationships, men and women are far more likely to be unfaithful. It happens with alcohol. It used to happen with me. If I drank... I would for sure confuse lots of these midlife crises into mm. thinking Maggie doesn't want me like this, she doesn't look at me like this. I would feel that sort of terrible poor me thing of having a drink. I feel justified in having this. You'd be off, we'd be off, we'd be off, we'd be off. And I think you can either look at that and go, oh, not everyone who drinks. Well, have a look at the look at the preconditions of most moments of either infidelity mm. or you know, suddenly deciding that you want to split up with someone in the Shirley Valentine way. I bet you any money, alcohol is a huge, huge part of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I think lie. that's why middle-aged people turn sometimes. to drink a lot, to numb the pain of the boredom of what yeah. they're going through, all the difficulties of what they're going through. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I, you know, do think, oh, my God, if only we could just have a couple of glasses of wine together hmm. and just, like, break away from this day. And just not be in this same zone of like, uh, you know, irritation with each other. And there's no just like lift away from ourselves, even just a drink or two. But I also know that mostly some people, there are some people that can have one drink or two. But I think the majority of people would well, be one honest. or the other in a couple. One yeah. might be able to. Um, so you might have a bit of a lift away from them mundanity of the problems of just day-to-dayness of being in a relationship but and and thinking that you can then connect and talk in a certain way but I think often what happens it goes tits up mm. because actually if you try and talk about this stuff with alcohol it takes a turn it nearly mm. always takes a turn mm. so if you are in a relationship where you're thinking you're feeling unheard try really really try to have a a totally sober conversation. If you're somebody that usually, and of course there's plenty of people listening that don't, but if you are somebody usually that will pop open a bottle of wine to have a conversation with your partner that you're needing to get said, 
I would suggest don't. If it's not giving you results, I would suggest meaningful results that go on beyond those first mm. two drinks. We go, oh, I understand. But I'm not even talking, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not even talking about alcohol in those conditions. I'm talking about how alcohol becomes the kind of fool's gold solution to sort of many midlife crises. So, for example, the number of men who say in a very, they don't mean it in a sort of, uh, grooming entrapment way, but it's a, it's a kind of it's a kind of socially accepted thing. Oh, she's had a few drinks, maybe in tonight. That kind of thing, where alcohol is seen as the way or the the the, the access, or it might be the thing that makes someone a man or woman in a, in a relationship numb them off a bit, so they feel they can be intimate with someone. That happens. That shit happens. Oh God, alcohol is used. Alcohol is used on both of sides of the, of, of the equation for that. And but, that I, but I'm but I'm interested in. So that's your perception of it within a midlife crisis. But I'm talking about it very much from a female point of mm. view, where women will use a few drinks to try and connect right, with their partner, right, yeah. but try and loosen them up a bit so they can have a bit of a deep Yeah, so they yeah. can talk, reach them emotionally. But I but I would ask you to ask yourself. Do, is it meaningful the next day or are mm. you left hollow with a still a real sense of not understanding i mean we've we've said this often in i mean people say to us all the time oh my god your relationship's so great you talk like this you talk we find this really hard we don't just talk like this you know it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable to look at each other yeah, but also we're talking about stuff that isn't necessarily comfortable i yeah. you know i am talking about feeling at times and i know that you know we are both beating to very different different rhythms a lot of the time. Mm. There are many times, and I don't voice it as much now because I've learnt of ways to try and internalise it or deal with it myself or whatever. But, you know, and I, I, I've tried to work out where it is fair and not fair to sort of make your voice heard and all that kind of stuff. You know, there are changes in appetites, and I don't just mean sexual, I mean intimate, I mean intellectual, I mean emotional, you know, where we want to be physically where we want to be you know when we're out of coronavirus even where we're you know sitting for our leisure time you know there are differences and there are compromises and I think what happens when you get to your midlife as 50 50 50 something is you are starting to think my time on this planet it's, it's is up, limited it's, coming, yeah, it's exactly. limited how yeah. much compromise do I want to make yeah. and how much can I have for myself Absolutely. so if I was where am I, I in yeah this? where am I in all of this and if I was to sit here and as a gambling man I'd say you'd do the Shirley Valentine when the girls have left home and you'd bugger off because you'd be like don't want to be around this miserable cock all the fucking time jumping around doing fucking Joe Wicks constantly thinking it's gonna change the world but he's as miserable as sin and red-faced and going is it really important I mean that sounds so deeply unattractive I would, my sense of things is that you would do the Shirley Valentine, but I know for a fact that if I was drinking, I would end up doing what most men do, which is catching someone's eye and being an absolute fucking moron, trying to get better abs and probably doing me back in and ending up on my own in a bedsit. So, you know, I think, what am I trying to say? It's, it is about time. It is about time. It's about expectation, but you've kind of hit the nail on the head. It's also about what we feel, you know, not acting on a short-term selfish need for what's right at that moment. It's about, what is it? I think, I think the 50s take patience. Christ, there isn't much on You have to have patience. patience, you do, you have to have patience. You have to <coughs> kind of sit with the changes and, and the res wrestle with what it is that you, do. I mean, these questions do come up. What do I really want? How happy am I? They are frightening questions to ask ourselves. And to ask within a, within a relationship. But I would say we've been asking the same things of each other the whole of our marriage. Mm. You would like me to be um, more vulnerable, 
more um, open with you, less secretive with my feelings. You would probably like me to exercise more. I spend more time worrying about my inner self, <laughs> my meditation, my all of that. Um, and you would probably be thinking, God, I wish you'd just do a proper cardiovascular so that she can doesn't I, die I, of a heart attack. Can I honestly say something right now? I'm, I'm more often thinking ruder things than I hope she does a cardiovascular. <laughs> I wish she'd do more of something other than a cardiovascular right. workout. There's somebody that wasn't going to mention you know what. You haven't <laughs> dribbled that all the way through That's this. That's a horrible analogy. So stop That's a horrible now, analogy. otherwise you're you going to dribbled. be in serious trouble. You've dribbled. <laughs> You've leaked that. Oh, Just oh, nads. shut the Nads, nads, now. now, now. Stop it. Well, I would, okay, I'd absolutely love you to do a cardiovascular. No, but what often. I mean is, I think, because we mustn't forget that this is a relationship podcast, you know, in within relationships, I think if, if maybe it's a good exercise for us all to do, is to actually sit and think today. How many times has your partner asked you to do something and you haven't done it? Each of us. Do you know what I mean? Like the things that you would like to change in me, do I really change them? Things I'd like you to change. I mean, what's a better word than change? Because I think change is a lot. Yeah, work work on, on, I suppose. Yeah. There's a squirrel. Yeah. I wish sometimes look at squirrels. I think I wish I was in. I know I love squirrels. They're just so busy and they're so focused. They're and they so, so yeah, and they've got a purpose. They're, they're so busy. And when they want to chill out, they just do. They're just focused, but sometimes they'll just sit. And when they sit, they so stop. Yeah. Don't they? Oh, to be a squirrel. Well, there we go. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. It would, yeah, got to have patience. Got to have patience. You're right. Well, no, you're not. You've got to have patience. Because Part of being in midlife crisis is searching for that patience. Yeah. I mean, I don't have it, but I'm searching for it. Mm. It's the exhaustion. I think that's the hardest thing. <laughs> there's always something new to worry about in your 50s, isn't there? There is. There's always something worrying new to since worry the age of 22. And let's not forget, 2020 has been the year of worry. So I think all relationships, if we're all still together, we're all doing pretty well. True. Okay, well, on that note, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe. If you're listening to us on a podcast, hit the thumbs up if there is one or hit the stars or whatever it is. And we'll see you soon. And for all of those of you... Nadia will be in Greece. Oh, my God, you guys, you just talk... Oh, my God, you've got such a good relationship. We fight like cat and dog and we storm off and we don't listen to each other and we don't sort shit out loads as well. It's just because we're sitting here and we know you're looking at us. (laughs) Yeah, it's true.